Pastor Lau and Pastor Dala Haprasit would like to welcome you to the following message from New Hope International Church in Seattle, Washington. Here is Pastor Lau's anointed teaching that will change your life with love, hope, and peace in Jesus Christ. And now, Pastor Lau. You know, sometimes we grow up or we come to Pentecostal charismatic church and we see people touch, people fall, people got drunk in the Holy Spirit. And we get used to. And we start to take the Holy Spirit for granted. And kind of, oh, I see this hundred times. I have gone to revival meeting hundred times. This is something I get used to. Oh, one of these days, one of these days, I'm going to be changed. But I want to tell you that no one can get hungry for you. And you need to keep pressing in. That God touch me, change me. I want to be changed by God. If God doesn't touch me you the first time, it doesn't mean he doesn't want to touch you. You need to keep going back to him, pressing in, pressing in like the woman with the issue of blood. I listened to a testimony. People who come out from religion, come out from background of church, are the hardest people to get touched by God because they get used to certain style of church. One of my mentors, his own brother, this, this man maybe has about 100 times more anointing than me, this mentor. His own brother came out to be prayed for about 100 times. And almost 100 times he got touched by God. He, he did not get touched the first time, the second time, but he kept pressing in, he kept seeking, and eventually God touched him and changed him. You need to really cry now to God and say, God, I'm tired of the old way I am. I need to be changed. I need to be stronger. I need to be a, a better Christian. You need to really, it's between you and God, not between you and me. And you cannot compare yourself to other people. You need to get hungry for yourself. You need to determine to be changed yourself. No one can press into God for you. I cannot press on to God for you. I press into God for myself. Amen? So I want to encourage everybody. It doesn't matter you have any position in this church. You may be worship leader. You may be singer. You may be archer, greeter. All of you are the children of God. And you need the file of God. Everyone. It doesn't matter how old Christian you are. It doesn't matter how long you've been a Christian. It doesn't matter how many times you catch people and they fall down. You need the touch of God yourself. Amen? You need God to touch you and change you. And if God touch you, you will never be the same. I'm going to talk about the Holy Spirit tonight to build your faith so that you will know that when God touch you, something will happen. Last time, we were talking about the wind of the Holy Spirit. And we have not finished the teaching. So tonight, I hope I can finish the teaching. And I was asking God a while ago that, God, I need your grace big time to preach tonight. I don't know how many of you sometimes want to do something for God, but you don't feel like it. You don't feel you are not capable. You know, every time I'm going to come up to preach, I feel so incapable. I feel so inadequate. I don't know what to say. So I say, God, please give grace to me. Please anoint me to preach tonight so that your will shall be done. And your kingdom will come upon people's life. Amen? I'm the same like you. I feel so inadequate. And I need the grace 
and the mercy and the spirit of the living God. Last time we learned that God created the earth. At the beginning, the earth was void and without form, and the Holy Spirit was hovering upon the darkness of the earth. And when God spoke, the Father spoke, the Spirit of God moved and performed miracle. Out of the void and without form, creation. When the Spirit of God moved, beauty came. And the Father said, it is good. You need to understand that it doesn't matter how messy your life is. It doesn't matter how broken, how much mistake you make in your life. When the Spirit of life, the Spirit of God, who created the heavens and the earth, touched you, He can change you from broken life into beautiful life. You need to believe that the same spirit that created the earth can do the same thing into your life today. The same spirit, not different spirit. And not only that, this same spirit, when God the Father formed Adam out of the dust, and the Bible says that God breathed upon him, and the spirit of God was moving. So God the Father formed Adam, but the spirit of the living God animated him to make him alive. The spirit of God gives life to Adam, gives breath to Adam, so that he can breathe. Life comes when the spirit of God is moving. Do you know that the first thing that Adam felt when he open his eyes to become a living man was the moving of the spirit in his body. Because at that time, the breath of God or the wind of God was moving on the inside of him. And when you read the scripture carefully, you will see that there is a big correlation between the word, the breath of God and the spirit of God. In other words, the spirit of God is called the wind of God or the breath of God. When you speak, what carry your voice? Your breath. The air from your throat carry your voice. The same thing. When God speaks, He speaks through the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit or the breath of God will speak to you. That's why as Christians, we need to be filled with the Holy Spirit. That's why as Christians, we need to learn how to be hooked up and sensitive to the Holy Spirit. So we can hear the voice of God. And He can breathe life into you by the Spirit as well. In the book of Job, chapter 33, verse 4, the Bible says, The Spirit of God has made me. Do you know that God, the Spirit, created you? The Spirit created you. And the breath of the Almighty gives me life. As the Holy Spirit is moving in you, you are alive physically, and spiritually. That's why the church needs to have the infilling of the Holy Spirit on a regular basis so that the church will be vibrant and alive instead of being a dead church or sleeping church 
We need the Holy Spirit to keep moving because the Spirit gives spiritual life and physical life. In John chapter 20, verse 22, and when he had said this, mean when Jesus had said this, he breathed on them, mean on the disciple. He breathed on the disciple and said to them, Jesus breathed on the disciple and said to them, "Receive the Holy Spirit." You can see from this scripture, the breath of God is the Spirit of God. Amen. And the Spirit of God can move you to place, to place, to place. The Spirit of God can move the mountain for you. When a hurricane come, it can pull up a car from the ground. It can pull out the building, and the whole building can shake and can move by the wind of the hurricane. The same thing, the spirit of God can be so powerful to move the saint like you and me into the mission field, and can move sinners who don't want to repent and play game with God into destruction. So the wind of God move, amen. Isaiah chapter 42 verse 5. Thus say God the Lord, who created the heavens and stretched them out, who spread forth the earth and that which comes from it, who gives breath to the people on it, and spirit to those who walk on it, who gives us breath that we can breathe, God, who gives us spirit. God, the Spirit of God gives us physical life and also spiritual life. Zechariah chapter 12, verse 1. The burden of the word of the Lord against Israel. Thus say the Lord, who stretches out the heavens, lay the foundation of the earth, and forms the spirit of man within him. So the same Spirit of God formed the spirit within you. Everyone say, "I was created." By the Spirit of God, He gives me breath. He gives me spirit. But not only that, He did not create you and give you breath and spirit and stop. Look at what the Bible say in Psalm chapter one o four, verses twenty nine to thirty. You hide your face; they are trouble. It's scary when God hide His face from you. You are in trouble. I want God to look at me all the time. I want God to be happy with me. You take away their breath, and they die, and return to their dust. You send forth your spirit, and they are created, and you renew the face of the earth. The spirit of God renew you, maintain you, create you. Amen. Everyone say maintain. How can you go on in your life? You need to keep filling the oil, your spiritual life. That's why Apostle Paul say, "Keep being filled with the Holy Spirit." The car cannot run very far if the gasoline in the tank start to run low. You need to keep filling with the Spirit of God, so that He can maintain you, He can renew you. How many people sometimes feel tired and exhausted in the ministry? Raise your hand up. Sometimes I feel tired, but when the Spirit of God touched me, He renewed me. He charged me again to get going, to run the race 
until I finish the finish line. I until I reach the finish line. He gave me life. He created me, and he maintained me, and he renewed me. Job chapter 27, verse 3. As long as my breath is in me, and the breath of God in my nostril, so we need to keep having the breath of God in our nostril. I mean the spirit of God just breathe in and breathe out in our daily life every single day. Amen. We need the spirit of God to keep working, to keep filling, to keep charging and. Juvenating and renewing and strengthening us and quickening us and giving us life every single day. Romans chapter eight, verse six, thirteen to fourteen. How can we cooperate with the Spirit to work in our life so that we can live a very successful and abundant life? The Bible says clearly in Romans chapter eight, verse six, thirteen and fourteen. For to be carnally minded is death, but to be spiritually minded is life and peace. How many people want life and peace? Raise your hand up. I definitely want life. I don't want death. I don't want chaotic things in my life. I want peace. The Bible say that we have choices, and these choices are done by us. We make choices to live. A life of carnally minded, or spiritually minded. What does it mean? If your carnality or your flesh try to lead you, and you yield to your carnality, you are carnally minded, and that will lead to death, to corruption. But when you allow the Spirit of God to lead you, to guide you, to control you. To empower you, you will do things according to the spirit, not according to your carnal mindset or your carnal desire. Then you will bring peace and life to your life. You cooperate with the spirit. Amen. The spirit is in every Christian, but many Christians quench the Holy Spirit by being carnal, by being fleshly, by living a life. They don't watch their mouth, what they say. They don't watch their eyes, what they look at. They did not keep their eyes out of the wrong things, and they keep living a life with their sinful nature. And that's why the spirit of God is quenched, and they cannot have life of God. The spirit cannot work in their life fully if they are carnally minded. For if you live according to the flesh, verse thirteen, you will die. But if you, by the Spirit you put to death the deeds of the body, you will live. For as many as are led by the Spirit of God, these are sons of God. I want to encourage you that it's not just coming out to be prayed for at a prayer line, lay hand, get touched, fall down, laugh, and shake and cry. But when you get out from the floor, you walk out of this room. You need to continue. To walk in the Spirit, you need to continue to submit to the Spirit of God, yield to the Spirit of God every single minute, twenty-four-seven, and then the Spirit of God will work in you, continue to fill you, and give life and peace to you. Amen. This is the key. 
of living, definitely you need to be filled with the Holy Spirit. You need to be touched by the fire in the meeting. You need to come to the, in the upper room, have the upper room experience on a regular basis. But it's not enough just to have the upper room experiences of being touched by the fire of God. But Monday to Sunday, from morning to evening, you make a decision to walk by the Spirit. Live by the Spirit, not by the flesh. So the Spirit created you. The Spirit gave life to you. And the Spirit renew you and maintain you. And you need to cooperate with the Spirit. But not only that, the Bible said that the Holy Spirit, the wind of God, also imparts order. As I mentioned at the beginning, the world was void and without form. It was dark. But when the Spirit of God moved and performed miracle by the voice or by the word of the Father, order came into existence in the creation. Everyone say order. When you look at the flower, you look at how the things in the world work, the cloud, the rain, everything, you can see order in the creation. The Spirit of God brings order. Therefore, if your life or your church is led by the Spirit, it will be in order. Amen? No chaos. No confusion. You know exactly. Like, for example, in the care group. I give you an example in the care group. When the Holy Spirit is moving in the care group, there will be order. There is no fight. There is no quarrel. There is no contradiction or any carnality in there. One person lead, another person follow. Everything move in an orderly way. Amen? When the Holy Spirit was leading Moses out of Egypt into the promised land. He told Moses to set up the tent in an orderly way. And not only that, the children of Israel made tents around the tabernacle of Moses in a very orderly way. There was no disorder. There was no confusion when the Spirit of God was leading. What do I try to teach you today about the Spirit of order? As Christian, we need to be a good steward of time. And we need to try to reach out to as many people as we can. Without organization, without preparation and planning, we will not be able to reach out to a lot of people. And if without good planning, we will waste a lot of time doing wrong things. So as a good steward who honor the Lord, Everything we do, we should plan. We should plan what song we're going to sing in the church, what song we're going to sing in the care group, what lesson we're going to preach, what we're going to do. Everything we need to plan, have the agenda, have the organization. There's nothing wrong about planning. Listen carefully. You plan. You prepare yourself very well. For example, I'm a preacher. I prepare myself Planning, I wrote sermon about five years ahead. I already have sermon to be preached in five years in my computer. I plan, I study, I keep writing, 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 planning. What I'm going to preach this year? What I'm going to preach in the camp? I plan everything. That's good because I need to prepare myself to be used by God anytime. 
Amen. Planning, organization, but listen carefully. How do we relate to the Holy Spirit of order, the wind of the Spirit? Even though we make our plans, we must never attempt to organize the Holy Spirit. We will never put the Holy Spirit in a box and say, "You need to follow my plan." Yes, we plan so that we know what we're going to do. But once we step out, the first step in our planning, that's when the Holy Spirit is moving, and we follow the Spirit. If the Holy Spirit did not t- say anything, we just keep following the plan that God already told us why we are writing the plan. But when the Holy Spirit tells us to do something else out of the plan, we need to come out from that plan and follow the Holy Spirit. Amen. If we organize the ministry, God will honor it. But we must never allow our organization and planning to become our bondage and our golden cow. The Spirit of God must lead us. I give you example. Every time I went out to mission trip, I plan what I'm going to preach. I think what I'm going to do in the service. And then, when I step up on the stage, the Holy Spirit was leading me. My plan can be changed any minute. My sermon can be changed any minute, because God want to lead me at that moment by the wind of God. First Corinthians chapter 12, the Bible talk about the spirit of power, the gift of the Holy Spirit. First Corinthians chapter 13, He is the spirit of love. And First Corinthians chapter 14, He is the spirit of order. Everyone say power, love, and order. You cannot have Love without order. Is that right? In the household, husband, wife, kids, you need to have order. In the church, we need to have order. Who is a leading? Who is leading worship? Who is preaching? Who is laying on of hand? Without order, there is no love. And without order and love, there is no power. If you want the Holy Spirit to move in a mighty way in your life. Or in your ministry, or in your home, or in your workplace, you need to cooperate with him in these three areas: surrender to his power, walking in love, and do everything in order. Amen. Everyone, say again: power, love, and order. Now the question is, Pastor, you talk about the wind of the Holy Spirit. Is there a real tangible wind that you can feel that the Holy Spirit blow on you? How many people have experienced the breeze or the wind of the Holy Spirit in a tangible way? Raise your hand up. I experienced the wind of the Holy Spirit. So if you try to tell me that is not true, it's too late now, because the Spirit of God blow on me, and I. Was blown away about three or four feet on the floor. I was like this, jump out of the. I was flying out of the floor about three to five feet by the wind of the spirit. Jesus also in the New Testament was talking about the wind of God. In John chapter three verse eight, 
the wind blows where it wishes, and you hear the sound of it, but cannot tell where it comes from and where it goes. So is everyone who is born of the Spirit. The Lord Jesus Christ was telling Nicodemus, one of the rulers of the Jewish council, about the wind of the Spirit. And he said that the wind of the Spirit is unpredictable. You don't see him like the wind. You don't see the wind. But you see the evidence of the wind. Is that right? When the wind blows, you can see the leaf and the tree move. You see the evidence of the wind, but you cannot see the wind. The same thing, the wind of God moves, and you see the evidence that he is moving in somebody's life or in a church life. But one thing you need to understand about the Holy Spirit is he is unpredictable. You cannot predict what he's going to do next minute. You cannot predict what he plans for you. The only thing you can do is to put up your wing like an eagle and let the wind come under your wing and you just soar and follow the way of the wind. That's all you can do is to follow the wind of God as an eagle. In the upper room, the wind and the fire of God came at the same time. In Acts chapter 2, verse 2, suddenly there came a sound from heaven as of a rushing mighty wind. It filled the whole house where they were sitting. So the wind of God came in the upper room. The fire of God came into the upper room. And when he moved, it's unpredictable. The weatherman can use all the technology and prepare everything to predict what the weather is going to be. But deep inside his heart, he knows that weather can change. The direction of the wind can change any minute, even though he has used all the technology to predict about the wind and the weather. The Bible says in Ecclesiastes chapter 11, verse 5, As you do not know what is the way of the wind, or how bones grow in the womb of her who is with child. So you do not know the works of God who makes everything. So don't put God in the box and try to ask God to do what you plan. You plan, but when you move with Him, you need to follow the wind of God. And it can change any moment. And God knows the best what is the right timing, where to go, what to say, what to do. He knows the best. Our job is to just follow. I remember many, many years ago, I kept praying and talking to Pastor Da in the church that I really have a burden to go to Japan. I want to see a revival in Japan. We were planning, we were thinking, we were, I even tried to study Japanese at that time. I forget a lot of it already. I tried to just study Japanese. I wrote it down in my computer, the word in Japanese, tried to memorize because I want to go to preach in Japan. But the wind of God did not go that direction. And I have to follow the wind. The wind of God took me to another place, out of the blue, unexpectedly. Should I complain? No. Should I say, God, why don't you follow my plan? No. I should follow the plan of God. Amen? Just go wherever the wind blows you, and it will produce more fruit. Therefore, this is a key principle. 
We should be orderly, but always unpredictable. Let me repeat one more time. We should be orderly, but unpredictable. That's why I love to go out of town as a guest speaker. In fact, sometimes I was thinking maybe I should not be the senior pastor of this church and let somebody else be a senior pastor. But I'm still around. Don't take me wrong. But I am like a guest speaker. I travel around and come back and preach off and on. You know why? It's easier to move in the spirit when you are a guest speaker. Because people don't expect you to do three fast songs, three slow songs, offering, preaching, and prayer, and then close the service. When you are a guest speaker, you can do whatever you want. It's unpredictable. Sometimes I think I should be guest speaker in this church more, so I can do whatever I want on Sunday. I enjoy when going to Arizona. Do you notice that unpredictable in Arizona? Very definite. When I go to out of town, it's very unpredictable because I follow the wind of the Spirit all the time. I am not responsible for that church service fully because I'm not a pastor. So I don't have to worry what people think about me. I just do whatever the Holy Spirit tells me. That is the difficult part of wearing the mantle of a local pastor because you try to make everyone happy. But a guest speaker, I don't need to try to make everyone happy. I try to make God happy. Amen? So if you want the wind of the Holy Spirit to move, you need to point people to Jesus Christ. Why? Because the Holy Spirit comes to point people to Jesus. Not point people to you or to your own ministry, but lead people to Jesus. Then the wind will blow even stronger. Amen? We should plan. We should have agenda. But when you step out to do the work of God, you are unpredictable. Things can change any moment. God can lead you to another direction any moment. Amen? Like a glider with that light airplane without engine. When you take off, you catch the wind and you start to flow and just go on with the wind and just relax. When you are in the spirit, you don't have to worry You don't have to lose hair. You don't have to have more gray hair because you just relax and just flow with the Spirit of God and let Him lead you. Amen? Sometimes the Holy Spirit will lead you to different direction. The purpose that He leads you to different direction is to bring people to Jesus and preach the gospel and get people saved, set free, healed, delivered, and become stronger to Bring the will and the purpose and the kingdom of God into the world. Let the Holy Spirit lead you. And this thing can be done in anything in the ministry. Leading care group, leading worship. Witness to somebody on the street. You walk to somebody. And then you hook up to the Holy Spirit. And the Holy Spirit will, the wind of the Spirit will lead you. What to say, what you're going to do. Exactly every single step. Don't worry about what you say. God's going to tell you what to say. God's going to tell you what to do. Because he's the wind. He's going to lead you and guide you. And you just hook up to him and let him lead you. Everything you do. I even hook up to the wind of the Holy Spirit during surgery. God guide me during the operation. 
When I talk to my patient, God guides me. When I look at the X-ray film, God tell me what to do. He will lead me what to say, what to do. Sometimes He tell me, "Don't operate on this person. You're gonna be in trouble." Sometimes God say, "Operate on this person, and this is what to do next, 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 next." He will tell you what to do. This principle is working in any part of your life, not just Sunday service. Amen. Even when you do computer work, or you teaching your student, or you are a nurse and you looking after a patient, let the wind of the Holy Spirit guide you all the time. But this is the key. The key is to go and move. The captain of a big ship know that it's very hard to move a ship when the ship stays still. When the ship stays still, it's hard for the wind to move the ship. But as the ship keep moving, the wind keep blowing, then the ship keep going. Do you notice that the Great Commission does not say, "Sit down and make plan until the plan is done, then you get your butt out of the chair." The Great Commission did not say that. The Great Commission say, "Go and make disciple." You need to get your butt out of the chair and go. <laughs> you need to keep going. You notice that the the river of Jordan did not part until the priest stepped in. Then it parted. Do you notice that when Moses left Egypt, he didn't even know what next tomorrow. He just followed the pillar of cloud and the pillar of fire every day. He just followed day by day. But he need to move out of Egypt. He cannot just sit there and enjoy the Passover meal and just sit there. He need to get up and move and go. The same thing with the spirit. When God tell you to do something, don't wait until He tell you all the plans. All the things gonna happen next year, next day, and then you get up. No, when God tell you, you get up, move, do it, and each step, each day, He gonna lead you and tell you what to do next. If you read the New Testament carefully, you can see that the Holy Spirit was directing the Apostle Paul in his missionary journeys every single day. God redirect, change, plan for him. Every single day, but Paul kept going. Amen. If God tell you set up dinner and invite a non-Christian friend to have dinner, don't wait until you study all the Bible, know how to witness, know all the scripture, and know what to do that day before you invite them for dinner. Do it. If God say set up dinner, invite non-believer to come have dinner. Invite them, and at the time you were eating dinner, you are eating dinner with the non-believing guest. He gonna tell you what to do. He gonna tell you what to say, because you keep moving, you keep going, you keep doing something for God. Don't stay still, otherwise the spirit of God will not help you. Amen. If the spirit of God can turn a mud into the living person, what's gonna happen to you when the spirit of God touch you? I want you to have faith. I want you to have this spiritual understanding. Every time people lay hand on you, the minister lay hand on you, and the spirit of God touch you, I tell you, it's a big, big thing. 
If the spirit of God can change that mud into living man named Adam, he can do many things in your life, big time. Amen. He is the one who quickens you and gives life to you. Romans chapter eight verse eleven. But if the spirit of Him who raised Jesus from the dead dwells in you, He who raised Christ from the dead will also give life to your mortal bodies through His Spirit who dwells in you. The Spirit of God gives life to us. Giving life is the impossible task for the flesh. Pastor cannot change you. Husband cannot change his wife. I cannot change my children. I can encourage. I can impart. I can teach. But the person who would change my kids, and my wife, or your husband, or the member of the church, is the Spirit of God. That's why we need to give Spirit of God the freedom to do anything in the church to change life. He will impart life into people. Second Corinthians chapter three verse six. Who also make us sufficient as ministers of the new covenant, not of the letter, but of the Spirit. For the letter kills, but the Spirit gives life. In other words, if you just come and share the word of God without the anointing, it will create religion, bondage, big hate, pride. Theologian, I know a lot. I can do things. I I have a lot of Bible knowledge. It will kill you with religion and tradition. But when you preach and read the Bible, or listen to the Bible by the leading and the anointing of the Holy Spirit, the Spirit will quicken the Word of God and give life to you. That's why it's so important. As if you are the teacher in the church, you need to teach everything by the Spirit. Amen. You need to be led by the Spirit, and you need to learn how to hook up to the Holy Spirit to teach the Word of God. Let Him tell you what to say. And at the same time, as a listener, you need to listen to the Word by hooking up to the Holy Spirit and let Him give life to you. Not just learn the Word of God by just information or content, but let the Spirit work in you, because the Spirit will transform you. Take away death and give you life. Let me give you one example of the prophecy in the book of Ezekiel about the Spirit of God give life. Ezekiel thirty-seven verses one to fourteen, talking about dead bone, and then Ezekiel prophesies on the dead bone, and the dead bone became alive and become a big army. And the same thing that your life, your personal life, can be dead spiritually. Maybe maybe the church is dead spiritually, but who will bring that dead bone, that dead church, that dead family, that dead Christian to life? The hand of the Lord came upon me and brought me out in the spirit of the Lord, and set me down in the midst of the valley, and it was full of bones. Then he caused me to pass by them all around, and behold. There were very many in the open valley, and indeed they were very dry. Wow, very dead. <laughs> the bone very dry, no blood in it. And he said to me, "Son of man, can this bone live?" 
So I answered, "O oh Lord God, you know." Again, he said to me, "Prophesy to these bones and say to them, 'O oh, dry bones, hear the word of the Lord. Thus say the Lord to these bones: Surely I will cause breath. Everyone, everyone say breath, to enter into you, and you shall live." I will put sinews on you and bring fresh upon you and cover you with the skin and put breath in you, and you shall live. Then you shall know that I am the Lord. So I prophesied as I was commanded, and as I prophesied, there was a noise, and suddenly a rattling, and the bones came together. Wow, powerful! As he prophesied, the bone moved. Lettering and came together, bone to bone. Indeed, as I looked, the sinews and the flesh came upon them, and the skin covered them over. But there was no breath in them, no life yet. And also he said to me, "Prophesy to the breath. Prophesy, son of man, say to the breath. Thus say the Lord." Come from four winds. Everyone say winds. O oh, breath, and breath on this land that they may live. Do you need to understand that the word breath in the Hebrew language here, all along, is the word ruach. The word ruach is breath here. So I prophesied as he commanded me, and ruach came into them, and they live and stood. Upon their feet, an exceeding great army. Then he said to me, "Son of man, these bones are the whole house of Israel. They indeed say, 'Our bones are dry; our hope is lost.' Maybe your family life is dry, your husband and wife relationship is dead, your kids are in trouble, your finances are in trouble, your ministry is dead, the church is dead." The hope is lost. We ourselves are cut off. Therefore, prophesy and say to them: Thus say the Lord God: Behold, O my people, I will open my grave and cause you to come up from your grave and bring you into the land of Israel. Then you shall know that I am the Lord, when I have opened your graves, O my people, and brought you up from your graves, and I will put my spirit. You know the word "spirit" here is the same word as "ruach." Interesting. At the beginning, it was translated as "breath," but in verse 14, it's translated as "my spirit in you, and you shall live, and I will place you in your own land. Then you shall know that I, the Lord, have spoken it and performed it," say the Lord. God say, "Prophesy." Breath into this dead bone, spirit into this dead bone, and the bone become alive. The spirit of God give life. I tell you, it's this very easy just to run the church service, three song, three song preaching, give offering and go home, and keep doing that for years and years, make everybody happy. But eventually, 
the church is going to be in trouble because we don't welcome the Holy Spirit to come and touch people's life. I consider revival service is one of the key service of this church to get people alive again. I cannot lay hand on every Sunday morning anymore because of the time limitation. But the revival night is a time that I'm going to prophesy breath the Spirit upon people. And gonna, the Spirit will give life to you, make you on fire again, bring life into your family, into your wife, into your husband, into your kids. Amen? The Spirit of God, the wind of God, will blow upon those who seek Him and those who yield to Him and want the kingdom of God and impart life into those people. But the same Spirit can blow those who reject Him and those who rebel against Him away, like Ananiah and Sapphira in Acts chapter 5. They drop dead because they lie to the Holy Spirit. The same Holy Spirit that gave power to Peter to preach the gospel and perform signs and wonders. Allow death to happen to those who don't repent. The wind can blow you closer to God or the wind can blow you into calamity. When the wind of the Spirit blow, it will shake the church, shake the community. Amen? People who are not with God, He is blowing and get rid of them. And God is blowing in the real man and the real woman of God to build the kingdom. So God's still blowing, blowing the bad things out, weed them out, and God blow the right thing in. God keep blowing, keep moving to build the kingdom of God. I hope that you choose to be on the side of the saints and God blow you into the perfect will of God and into the life and peace forevermore. I hope that you are not rebellious against God like Ananias Sapphira. That God blow them out of the will of God into big trouble. Amen? The white Moody say, if you have been born of the Holy Spirit, you will not have to serve God. You will not have to serve God. It will be the natural thing to do. If you're so filled with the Holy Spirit, blown by the Spirit, you want to serve God when you wake up. You cannot stay still. God keep blowing you, moving you to do the will of God all day long. You will not, never be able to stay still and feel that, I have to go to church. I have to go to care group. I have to do this. No, you don't have to. You just catch the wind and go. And just relax and fly with the spirit of the living God and go on into the perfect will of God, to the high mountain of God. In my observation as pastor for many, many years, I noticed that people who love the Holy Spirit, yield to the Holy Spirit, tend to love to worship, love to serve God. We don't have to call them and ask them, when are you going to come to church? When are you going to love God? When are you going to give? When are you going to tithe? 
when you're gonna go to care group, they just keep going. Actually, it's easier to pastor those people because they keep going. You don't need to force them. You don't have to call them or try to convince them to go to church or to serve the Lord or to find the ministry. It's good for the church. It's good for us. Amen. Let the Holy Spirit move you, lead you, fill you up, give you life, renew you, change you. I'm not talking theory here. This is real. This is a reality of the Christian life that the Holy Spirit still want to work in the church today with everyone who is hungry and yielding and wants to change. Amen. We need to honor Him and let Him do the work in our midst. Let him do the work in our midst. Don't think this way. I am fine. I have arrived. I am in a good position. I have good job. I have money. I have nice house, nice family, wonderful husband, wonderful wife, small kids. I have everything. I'm fine. I don't need what the pastor say. You need the Holy Spirit. To keep revitalizing you, to make you love Jesus more, banana for Jesus, falling in love with Jesus more, want to worship Him more, become more effective for the kingdom of God. I was so blessed to know a neurosurgeon in northeast of Thailand. This man is very intellectual. He's like me. He's the neurosurgeon for the. Uh, Thai army. One day he got into our podcast and listened to our teaching, and he said, "I want what Pastor Lau have." He came to our meeting. He got touched by the fire. He got touched by the fire. He got touched by the fire. His wife too. Now I got his email. His church was in revival. He he was not a pastor. He was chicken. He didn't want to be a pastor at all. He did not want to be a pastor. But because so many people got saved, more and more in the past six months, he has to be a pastor. He cannot avoid it. So after he became a pastor, he started to lay hand on people. The same intellectual man that never know anything about the Holy Spirit, he emailed me. Demon come out. The finances of people get better. People get healed. And I don't think it's him. It's the Holy Spirit working through him. Because he is hungry and yielding, God can change that intellectual man who know nothing, but he is hungry and willing to change to be a blessing to that city in Thailand. And now, can you imagine? A lot of people were willing. This is a true story. A lot of people were willing to get on the bus from another province in Thailand. On the bus for two hours to come to that church, just because the Holy Spirit is there. And these people are poor, okay? And they are not rich. They are farmer. They're willing to get on the bus to come to that church, like this. You get on the bus to go to Vancouver, Washington, in order to go to a good church that have the Holy Spirit is moving every Sunday, back and forth every Sunday, just to go to that church. How hungry people are! They come every week. 
because that church, the Holy Spirit is moving. Why the man? He's a neurosurgeon, willing to seek the Holy Spirit, and now God use him. Amen. Don't be a Christian just quesela sela. Whatever will be, will be. Let's be a Christian on fire, filled with the Holy Ghost. Change. God need to change you first. The Holy Spirit need to change you first before He used you as a vessel to bring life-giving Spirit to other people. You cannot give life-giving Spirit if your hand is empty. You need to be filled with His life first. Empty hand. Lay on the empty head. Nothing gonna happen. Only empty hair and no hair, because you brush and the hair fall off. Just the hand brush on the head. Nothing to change inside. You need to be filled on the inside of you, so that when you lay hand, you pray for people. The same spirit, the working Paul, Peter, Barnabas, Joshua. And Moses and Jesus Christ Himself will be imparted into another person and bring life, peace, salvation, deliverance, power, the kingdom of God upon people. How many people want to have that kind of hand? How many people want to have an empty hand? How many people want to have an empty head? Thank God, you don't want an empty head. We want the hand full of the Holy Ghost, the hand full of the power and the life-giving power. Amen. I want life in my hand to bless people. But let God work in you first. Revival service is a time of receiving. It's a time to come soak, marinated in the Holy Spirit, so that. On Saturday, Sunday, Monday, you go out and you begin to give. You give to your husband. When your husband falls asleep, you can lay hand on him and pray for him. Don't lay hand on him when he's awake. He's gonna think you're crazy. <laughs> If your husband is not a believer, let him sleep and you lay hand in the name of Jesus. Devil, get out of here. He's gonna be saved. Then, when you lay hand, you believe. That night in the revival service, I received the Holy Spirit. Now I impart to you the same life-giving power, life to go into you. You can lay hand on your kids and bless them. You can lay hand on your friend and bless them with the life-giving power of the same spirit that you receive in the revival service. Amen. Go out and give. You receive. You go and give. God gonna give you more. The river keep flowing. The wind keep blowing. Everyone say, "Go, get my out of the chair. <laughs> keep going." Amen. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord Jesus. I learned one thing about the fire of God or the wind of God. Let me conclude this. We are like a host, host, H-O-S-E, host. 
If you want to draw water from one can to another can, you put a small hose, and then you do a little bit of sucking to get the water run, and then the water start to run from one can to another can. We call siphon effect. S, I think S I P H O N siphon. S I P H O N siphon. The same thing in the meeting like this, or in the anything, you need to make a siphon effect. By many ways, one way is to worship. If if you all really worship the Lord fully, not out of tradition, you draw. It's like a siphon. You suck. You draw the presence of God, and the whole room will be charged with spiritual electricity. That's one way. Another way is lay hand. So you look for people who are more hungry than other people. And when you lay hand on that person first, that person get touched. Suddenly, the water or the the wind of God or the rivers of God in that person start to spill out, and start to get charged in the spirit of God. The whole room start to get hungry because the siphon start working in the meeting. I have been doing these revival services for many years, ten years now. I noticed that the move of God is strongest at the end of the service. How many people went to Thailand to mission trip with me? If you notice, the strongest move of God happened at the last half an hour after everyone left home, has gone home. Why? Because the most hungry person left there, and they keep, still keep sucking. So the Holy Spirit is moving stronger and stronger. Number two, I notice, if you all yield and flow with the Spirit when God touch you. For example, when God touch you and you feel joy, and you try to quench, <laughs> like this, you quench it. You quench the Holy Spirit. Then the Holy Spirit cannot come out to touch other people. But when you cooperate, when God touch you, you feel joy and you just laugh, ha 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 ha. You just keep following, keep yielding to the Holy Spirit. The water of God from your body, the anointing, will spill out to the next person. To the next person, and keep spilling. If everyone yield, the whole room going to be charged by the fire of God because somebody yield and let go, and next person get it, get it, get it, like siphon effect. Amen. So when you come like this, put your faith on, because if you try to come to the Holy Spirit by analyzing and thinking and evaluating, you go nowhere. You need to yield and come with the heart to flow with the spirit, and the whole room will get charged, and change gonna happen in many many's life. Amen. Actually, a few Sundays ago, when Pastor McCurdy came, God spoke to me when I was on the floor. I was drinking, not drinking alcohol. I was drinking the wine, the new wine of God. I keep drinking. And when the Holy Spirit just start to go away, I say no, 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 another cup. I drink again. I don't let him go. I keep pulling the hand of Jesus and say I need to drink more. And suddenly the Holy Spirit spoke to me: Teach your member how to drink. A lot of people don't know how to drink. I'm not talking about alcohol. I'm talking about the spiritual, the wine of the Spirit. You need to learn how to. 
instead of Jesus walk away. Whatever will be, will be. Let him walk away from me. It will be all right tonight. No, Jesus, come back. I want to drink another cup. Drink more. Keep drinking until you get drunk. Keep filling up. Be like a wise virgin who fill with the oil before. The groom comes to his wedding ceremony. Amen. Keep drinking. How many people want to learn how to drink? How many people has gone to nightclub and drink alcohol before? What do you do? You keep asking more. Keep drinking. Yes. Depends on how much you want. So the same thing God said is the same thing to you. It depends on how much you want. You want a little bit? I give you a little bit. You want a lot? I give you a lot. You keep drinking. Amen. Everyone say, "I learn how to drink." <laughs> Praise God. Hallelujah. This kind of teaching make a lot of religious people attack on the on the block. Pastor Lau teach people how to drink alcohol in the church. They were put in a block. Criticizing me. <laughs> Praise God. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord Jesus. <laughs> so, how many people believe that if the Holy Spirit touch you tonight, He will give life? He will put things in order for you, your body, your house. Amen. How many people are hungry? How many people say I'm yielding? I want Him. I want to yield. How many people say I don't care what other people think? Tonight I'm gonna drink. It's between me and God. I don't care what other people think about me. I want to be filled with the Holy Spirit. How many people say I don't want to be the same? I want to change. Amen. I'm tired of the old way. I want to go to the next level. Amen. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Hallelujah, Hallelujah! <laughs> Thank you, Lord Jesus. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Hmm. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Jenny, who, could you please come here? <sighs> hallelujah, Hallelujah! She don't have to drink. She drink already. I haven't laid hand yet. She already drink. <laughs> Hallelujah! <laughs> Thank you, Lord Jesus. Hallelujah! Hallelujah! Thank you, Lord Jesus. Thank you, Lord Jesus. <laughs> She already got drunk. In the Holy Ghost. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Hallelujah, Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Hallelujah. Sister Rosa. Sister Rosa. 
and Jocelyn come here. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Are you thirsty? Come close to me. Hallelujah. Close your eyes and drink. Drink. <laughs> drink. Drink. Jesus hand the cup to you. Drink. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Yes, Lord. Fill them, Father. Fill them. Fill them with your Holy Ghost. Fill them with the holy wine, the new wine of God. Fill them, Father. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. <laughs> Thank you, Father. Yes, Lord Jesus. Keep drinking. Don't get out. Keep drinking. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Keep drinking. Hallelujah. <laughs> drinking, 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 drinking. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Drink, drink. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Drink. Yes, Lord. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Drink. Now. Drink. Drink, 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 drink. Good man, come here, good man. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Hallelujah. <laughs> Thank you, Lord Jesus. Drink with a new wine. Fire. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Drink now. Hallelujah. Yes, Lord. Hallelujah. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Hallelujah. <laughs> Keep drinking. We trust that this message is ministered to you. If you would like more information about New Hope International Church or other teaching CDs, please contact us at 206 275 1042. You may also visit our website online at www.NewHopeInternationalChurch.com. To them all gathered in your name, I lift to you this new praise song. All the wrongs I have ever done have been washed away by your only son. Bring me your tired. Please, Lord, hear my song.